Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up with Brendan Urick, CEO of Electric Royalties today. Spoke to them back in March, and they come back to tell us today how they've managed to get one of their deals over the line. They've Sometimes uh, you can do it easy, and sometimes you just have to get it done. Done deal with Sprott, raised the money they need to um, buy the royalty we were talking about back in March. Plus, they've done two deals with Vox royalty uh, as well. So well done them. Um, if you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com. Brendan, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you doing today? All good. All good. Coming to the end of, end of a long day here. You're looking uh, very slick, a, a uh, gorgeous visage in black. Looking yeah, cool. well, I appreciate that. Now, the day's <laughs> just getting started here, so... <laughs> Uh, you're at the end. I'm at, I'm at the beginning. Yeah, it's good to see you again, though. Yeah, and let's good to see. We we when did we catch up? End of March, I think. Um, it was you're, you're kind of the new kid on the block. Yeah, we were a new kid on the block. We just signed our first cash flow royalty acquisition, and uh, your big question mark to me was, you know, how are you guys going to finance this thing? So, well, you're going to um, answer that today. Yeah. We're, we're going to we're going to talk through that today. Uh, but we should before we do that, let's kick off. Give people a, a news to story, one minute overview of the business, and I'll pick it up from there. Yeah, sure. So um, Electric Royalties is the only royalty group out there uh, really focused on the entire suite of metals um, required for the transition to clean energy. And, you know, what you're really talking about is, um, you know, rebuilding the global infrastructure, you know, towards a decarbonized global economy, which is going to have a big impact on a lot of different metals. You know, they're relatively small markets today. And that's kind of where we're focused on. Um, You know, we are the only group out there that's doing that. Uh, you know, we managed to put together a portfolio today of about 16 royalties, um, you know, two of which are uh, cash flow and producing um, or care maintenance. And one is, uh, you know, our flagship lithium royalty should also be entering production, you know, kind of 12 months out. So we've got, you know, a good mix of, uh, you know, advanced stage assets, uh, producing assets and uh, really just getting going. You know, we went public, uh, you know, basically in the middle of COVID uh, last year. Um, and so just ramping up and, uh, you know, it's an exciting time for sure. It is indeed. It is indeed. Okay, I did ask did ask you a big question last time out. Was basically how are you going to finance one of the royalties? Which you said to me, you'd got it was in the bag. It's a sure thing. It's definitely going to happen. But you had to go and get the money right. So I saw you made an announcement about about raising capital, but then you went and did a slightly more funky structured deal with Sprott. Yeah, yeah. So so the way we did that. Um, you know, I, I saw this as the way we're playing this is we want to stay diversified across all these key commodities. Um, you know, and that way we're not really making a bet in terms of where battery chemistries are going to go, uh, you know, which technologies may come in and disrupt the sector. You know, they all have exponential growth forecasts. And so if you stay diversified, you know, even if one or two kind of drop out, um, you know, you're still getting exposure to that whole EV space. And so I'd be a big hypocrite if I said that. And then we went and did a deal where we put you know, $20 million into one, you know, project, um, you know, when we're basically a $20 million company today. And so, you know, we always intended that we were going to bring in a co-investor, you know, someone that, you know, fund just like Sprott, that's ultimately who we did bring in uh, to come in alongside of us and actually put up most of the cash portion, you know, for the deal. Um, so we actually did end up kind of going through a couple of renegotiations, uh, but we did uh, just announce about two weeks ago now uh, that we've renegotiated that. Sprott's actually putting up set, well, 100% of the capital or cash now. Uh, they're going to come in and initially acquire 75% of the royalty alongside of us. We're going to get 25% up front in exchange for basically 9 million shares of electric royalties. 
Um, and we're going to have the option to buy that uh, another 25% back from Sprott, um, basically at a 10% bump from today at the end of year one, at the end of year two, um, minus the cash that they actually receive for that 25% beneficial interest. So, you know, ultimately pretty much of where they're paying today. Um, and so that actually fully finances us now uh, to close that uh, first cash flow royalty acquisition and uh, move ahead. So we did announce uh, a $10 million equity financing, you know, about a week or two before that. And essentially, we had to complete initially a $10 million financing, equity financing to close that deal. Uh, as part of this restructuring and renegotiation, we no longer have to do that. Um, we are going to go do a you know, smaller equity raise, bring some more key investors in and you know, top up the till. But uh, you know, it removes having to do $10 million today, which would be a big dilution you know, in and of itself. So um, it's exciting. We're now fully funded to close our first cash flow and royalty acquisition um, you know, and, it, and it really built a, a partnership with Spry as well. So yeah, well, no, it's exciting. Yeah, and it sounds like a very typical um, Sprott deal. We've seen a, seen a few of those. Um, so one, congratulations on getting a deal done. It's about get, getting something done however you need to get it done. Okay, so so congratulations on it. But what have you learned from that? Because what you said to me last time was, I'd ideally not like a strategic partner, and I think we can go and raise this money. So you weren't able to do that. So what are the kind of big learnings for you from this? Well, it's about size for me, honestly. Um, you know, at this uh, stage, the toughest part, quite frankly, is staying diversified as you grow, right? You know, if you look at things at a point in time, you know, you can say, argue at the end of the year, maybe we're not diversified if we stick through the whole year. But, you know, today, this is just too big of a, an asset to go get, you know, relative to our size. So it makes total sense just given, you know, the relative size of it today. And if you're going to go after an asset like this, right, we wanted to get the right asset. You're not going to get a producing asset or get your teeth into producing asset unless you put up a big check size. You know, this has got traffic urets in the U.S., you know, 50 years operational history, um, you know, long mine life ahead. And, and it's a real big mine. It's a mining complex. And so, you know, we had to pay up to get the right asset and get exposure to the right asset. Um, but it's about relative size today. You know, I mean, ultimately, right now, this is a good tool for us, you know, the co-investment strategy. To get into better assets that we'd like, um, you know, ahead of when we actually could, you know, on our own. Okay, so um, the deal was that so right now, Sprott put all the money up. They have seventy five percent of this. You've got twenty five percent. You haven't put any money up. Seems good so far. But so remind me again, the cost of acquiring within a two year period, like I'm guessing, is what I heard. End of year one, end of year two, twenty five percent. What's that going to cost you again? Yeah, it's uh, I think it's about four point three five million, something around there. Right. Okay. And ultimately, it matters a little bit in terms of what the cash that they receive from that 25% interest is over the next year. But yeah, it's about there. And ultimately, we're paying 9 million shares now. Now, I should mention also, uh, there's actually two royalties that we're acquiring in that portfolio. So Sprott's actually putting up about 80% of the total acquisition cost now. And we're getting two royalties back. So we're getting 100% of the Glassville Manganese royalty as well. So it's actually a portfolio deal that's kind of now a throw in for us. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's exciting. I mean, uh, it's ultimately a much better deal than when we first kind of signed this and started out. And, um, you know, it's exciting to be working with Sprott. Like I said, this isn't going to be a long-term thing, you know, at a certain time, we're going to be big enough size where we can take on assets like this, where it makes sense. And we're not, you know, betting too heavily into anyone. Um, but where we're at today, I think it's a perfect tool, you know, to help uh, minimize dilution at this stage and, and still get exposure to those assets that we want. Okay. When I said, what have you learned? You talk about diversification and that's all good as well. It's all good. Um, but I just want to dig down here. So I was kind of coming out of the point of view, what have you learned in terms of your, the ways that you can structure deals to, 
to allow you to be able to compete differently. You, no, no one wants to overpay, but at the same time, you, you've got to... You've got to be flexible in your attitudes the way that deals get put together. Did, did Sprott being part of this deal allow you to renegotiate a slightly better deal or do you think you could have got there yourself? Uh, well, I, I think we got there ourselves. I mean, um, I, I don't think Sprott could have cut that deal, quite frankly. That was more of a uh, you know, relationship between us and, and um, you know, and, and Globex and Jack. But, uh, you know, ultimately having them there and having their name behind it is, um, you know, credibility in terms of they have the funding. Um, so from that standpoint, it does help. But, you know, quite frankly, this isn't a, the type of deal that Sprott themselves could kind of go in as well. And so there's a, there's definitely some value add that we can bring to the table, you know, because our, our problem is not deal flow. Um, and there's a tremendous amount of capital out there, you know, looking to do deals and, and would love to deploy, especially in royalty deals, you know, like the ones that we kind of put together. So, um, you know, I think it's uh, there's opportunity to maybe maximize some of that value that we that we get out of this in the, in the future. I mean, this was ultimately our first one, um, you know, so we wanted to get it done, establish the partnership. Um, what this really allows us to do, though, quite frankly, is, you know, we want to go create new royalties. Now, that's very tough if you're a company that has no track record of, you know, putting it together a much larger financing than, you know, you could typically take on at your size. This is a perfect example of us being able to syndicate a bigger financing. Um, and so now we can actually go in and, and write, you know, new financing term sheets for groups. And, you know, because we've just shown that we can go put a deal together like this pretty quickly, um, that actually allows us to do that. Right. And when you're talking about new financing term sheets, it's very hard for people to get uh, or hard to get people to, you know, sign something where you're saying, hey, I'm going to bring new financing to create a new royalty or, you know, to fund you through if you don't look like you have the capability to actually fund that. Um, and so that, for, for me, that's that's really the kind of the, the exciting piece. Um, cause I think that's going to be where a lot of the value creation is really over the next kind of one to three years. So, um, so it's, it's a stepping stone, right? You gotta, you know, build the company one, one piece at a time. It, it is a stepping stone and you're right. There are lots of deals out there and there's lots of cash out there. The, the, I guess the skill is being able to structure the deals in a way which makes the most sense economically for you and your shareholders, you know, cash on cash returns. We talked about that last time at some of the deals that you're doing initially, are they going to be just that little bit more expensive out of necessity to build scale? Or are you conscious of the kind of these kind of, you know, race, the, you know, the usual races you're looking, you're looking for cash on cash return on all your investments, aren't you? Yeah. Well, look, I'd like a return on all of our investments and, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you exactly what our IRRs are on some of them internally, but, uh, but they're very good. Uh, and so, you know, um, Ultimately, uh, yes. Look, I think we're going to be creative every time we go out. I mean, um, I think it's worth it for us, you know, especially to, to, to just make sure we, you know, try and maximize the terms that we can get on these. I mean, we're looking at, um, you know, what we can do to kind of minimize dilution at this stage because, you know, we're grossly undervalued where we are today. You know, I think we're trading about pro forma will be at about, you know, 0.3 times nav. You know, peers are trading at kind of 1.3 times. Um, and so there's a big, you know, value gap there. And so we want to minimize dilution as much as we can while we're getting enough size to, you know, basically get re-rated, um, you know, fully on, on the portfolio that we already have. Um, and so we're looking at stuff like, you know, convertible debt acquisition facilities, you know, the co-investment is a great, you know, piece that we've just kind of showcased here. Um, but, you know, we're definitely trying to minimize dilution and, and be creative on the financing practice put together. Right. Okay. You've also done a deal with, uh, Vox Royalties recently um yeah yeah so that, that's an exciting partnership really yeah they're, they're um, a really good company really good company so you what have you picked up there yeah so we picked up uh, we're picking up two graphite royalties 
Um, one, I'm, I'm just going to call it producing. It's listed as producing on their website. It's on care and maintenance today, but that's really just because of uh, COVID restrictions in Madagascar. Uh, but they produced for 20 continuous months uh, at Graf Mata. You know, that all of their uh, product was qualified by off-takers. And it's a very good, uh, you know, flake distribution there. Madagascar is one of these kind of special places for graphite. Um, you know, you saw McDavis made a big investment uh, into next source, you know, the last kind of three, six months. And, um, and this is really one of two ASX listed companies that's actually capable of producing graphite today. You know, it sounds a little crazy, um, but, you know, that's just kind of the space where we're at today. Um, you know, we already have royalties in and around the only producing lithium mine in Canada, the only covered, the only manganese district in North America being developed in the EV space. Um, you know, so one of two ASX listed companies actually capable of producing graphite. This gets us initial exposure. It does have a cap on it of, uh, you know, 5 million Australian dollars. We're only paying, you know, 2.8 million cash or uh, sorry, shares. Um, you know, so there's still some upside there, but ultimately we plan to go renegotiate that. You know, they're going to need more capital to, to, you know, expand production. They're looking at a ramp up of, you know, 6,000 to 20,000 tons per year. Uh, but that's another cash flowing asset that should start producing again, you know, the start of next year. And then we're also picking up a high grade graphite resource in Australia, but you know, that's um, you know, royalty on a high grade resource in Australia, but that's really just part of it. I mean, these guys have a kind of, you know, a secret sauce as it were in, in, in some respects, you know, they picked up a proprietary database. It's got over, you know, 8,000 existing royalty opportunities. That's not an area that we really focus on. Like I said, we really want to be new, you know, creating new royalties out there. And so, you know, it's fantastic to have a partner that already has, you know, all of the work done in this space. Um, you know, their investors and their company is really built towards precious metals. And so, you know, for them, it's kind of, you know, we have all this deal flow. How do we monetize it? Um, and, you know, we're kind of the perfect partner for that. And so basically it lets them build some, create some value for the deal flow that they already have. Um, you know, but they've been the fastest, like the precious metal royalty sector is very competitive and they've been the fastest growing group out there that I've seen, um, you know, especially among the new entrants. I think they picked up, you know, 30, 40 royalties, 15, 16 different deals over the past kind of year and a half. Um, and so they do have, you know, they've kind of streamlined that part of it. And so it's going to be an exciting partnership. It won't be the last deal that we do together. And, um, you know, we're definitely going to be working and collaborating with those guys, you know, more moving forward. But uh, yeah, another, you know, uh, two royalties, you know, one that'll be producing starting next year and um, an all shares transaction, but really the start of a partnartnership. So cool. I'm excited about that. No, it's uh, yeah, they're, they're yeah, a great like group. The team over there. They're a great group. Um, yeah, we know, we know those guys really well. In fact, you know, they're, they're definitely, you know, the pick, pick of the bunch um, when they come on, on the royalty side. But how do you structure a deal with a group like that? So obviously they've got this database, they've got lots of royalties in there and they want to focus on pressure metals. It's fantastic. But you've just given them what? 2.85 million Canadian dollars worth of shares in your company. So. I assume there's a massive long hold period, or you're paying that out over a long period of time. And how do, what, talk about the detail of the of the deal. Yeah. So uh, whenever we're giving shares away to a group like this, to a vendor, you know, we we always place, you know, we put typical restrictions in place on the shares in terms of when you can sell them. You know, what you have to do. You have to communicate with us that you're going to, um, you know, do we get a period of time to place that at a discount? You know, with other investors. You know, which ultimately I do think is actually going to be helpful for us down the road as we're, we're trying to bring in some bigger funds. Um, and so there's always stuff like that. Um, ultimately, they actually approached me with the idea. And it's funny because I'd, I'd already approached most of the other royalty groups out there. And I talked about collaboration um, and, and I hadn't chatted with these guys, but they came uh, to me and basically pitched on the idea that they wanted to do this. They wanted to monetize the deal flow. And ultimately, what they're planning uh, is to actually dividend our shares out to their shareholders as kind of a dividend policy. 
Okay. And so it's very interesting. I like the idea, quite frankly, you know, in lieu of doing a cash dividend, you know, especially at a, a time like this where you're just still just growing, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to give a dividend out in, you know, exposure to another type of royalty company to your shareholders. I think there's a lot of value in that, um, you know, and ultimately it's them kind of just going, they have the deals, they already know where they are. You know, they've streamlined this existing royalty consolidation process. So they can kind of move the ball down the you know field a bit for us, do a little bit of that legwork and then bring us deals, talk to us, see if we like them and work out some type of, you know, shares consideration, um, you know, that works. So, yeah, I mean, we're still kind of working through it. Like this is our first one. And, um, you know, there's not too many other, uh, you know, royalty partnerships kind of like that. So, you know, we're, we're pioneering it a little bit as it were, but, um, you know, that, that's, that's kind of the general basis of, of what they're planning. Right. I think that I think that'd be a really interesting one to watch and sort of see how that partnership develops. Um, but yeah, let's let us know how that goes, obviously. Okay, so okay, you come back on and you told me how you financed it. Uh you've got the deal over the line, a little bit of wig- a little bit of wiggling around and restructuring and, and it, it's happened. So well done. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Okay. What next? What next? Uh yeah, well, look, I mean, um, we're gonna, we are going to close out a you know smaller equity raise here in the in the near term, uh, but ultimately, I want to get back out there, you know, working on new deals. Um, you know, we we basically had to put stuff on hold. You can only take so much on your plate at any given one time, and so you know, twenty million dollar deal on your plate and having that outstanding, you kind of have to get that you know at least uh, you know across the line into completion before you worry about the next thing. But you know, quite frankly, we we're hoping to go get you know three, another three or four producing royalties. You know, ahead of having to actually go back and get raise equity and dilute again. You know, and like I said, we got co-investment options. We've you know got our shares capital, which we've been you know proven to use pretty well. Um, you know, we're looking at convertible debt acquisition facilities, that type of stuff. Um, so we actually think we can go get another three or four producing royalties. You know, um, over the next kind of two three months. And you know, we've got a couple of royalties in our portfolio that are going to be you know entering production naturally. You know, over the next year or two. Um, and so, you know, we're well on our way to getting a diversified portfolio of cash flowing producing royalties that's going to, you know, provide capital to the company, allow us to actually put a, you know, credit facility together. Um, you know, we're probably going to be able to pick up another eight to 10 development stage royalties as well before we have to go back to, uh, to equity markets. So um, it's going to be busy. It's about M&A. What's next? M&A. Uh, creating new royalties. We are going to go get um, some copper and some tin and some nickel exposure as well, just to round out the... Uh, uh, you know, those are commodities we're interested in. We don't have exposure to those just yet. Um, and so we're going to go be taking care of that over the next three months. I know the market really is appreciating copper and, and nickel and, and not so much tin, but, um, you know, tin is going to be an exciting one, I think, uh, you know, as we move forward. Prices are already up 50%. Uh, I think they probably, you know, are not even halfway where they're going to eventually hit. But um, so that's, that's kind of the game plan right now. But uh, excited to get back to that piece of it. I mean, that's the, for me, that's the fun part, you know. Brilliant, Brendan. Well, like, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. Uh, I say, well done on closing the deal. That's it's it's what it's about. Okay. Speak to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.